Picture day. For the first time in a long time, they took a team picture. Really? And for the first time in a long time, they took position group pictures. Wow. Was that just a uh, was that a COVID thing? Or no. just a head coach to say the head coach didn't take a team picture? Yeah. They haven't oh done it. Oh my god, are you they haven't Whoa. done it in a long time. Never did it during Lincoln Riley's What? Uh era. And I think towards the end of Coach Stoops' era, they stopped doing it too. Why? I don't know. I don't know when the last time they actually did it was, huh. but when I heard that today, I was like, oh, huh. I didn't that know that. That is really odd. I, but I, now that I, I think about it? I, I never think about the team picture. Um, they were just kind of promoting it was today, but to not take one for that long is odd because you look back at the old – programs or you know look back at the 80s like even the 90s and it's that you know especially back in the 80s they had that famous kind of spot where they seemed like they took all those team photos which would have been back right behind, behind the, the stadium, south right? yeah. the south uh, end zone scoreboard yeah yeah you you guys you guys stood in the bleachers for years right yeah in the stand yeah yep and i th- odd, i man. think we did those every year I know we definitely did them like the first two years. I remember you guys taking a team photo and then an individual photo with Bob where like everyone was holding a football and Bob you're like you're on a knee stand- and he's standing y- there. Y- yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they did that, but I know they did the one cuz we used to do the team and then the the individual position groups would take a picture together with the position coach. We did that and I know they did did that again this year. So a lot of new stuff. How awkward was that? Um, just getting destroyed by a certain individual for so long, and then you have to kneel down beside him and smile and act like you two are having a good time <laughs> taking a picture together. Um, easier later than than earlier because earlier it would pro- I would probably be sitting there thinking. I know no matter what happens, he's going to say something about how stupid I look in this picture later or I'm not I'm not doing something right right now. But later on, eh, no look big at you. deal. Look at the way you're holding that ball. That way you hold the ball, you're going to make a pick, you're just going to get right back to the offense, first and ten, and our defense is going to be gassed and they're blocking down the field for you. You can't even hold on the football the right way. Uh, like, Coach, it's just a picture with you and me, for God's sake. No, it would be more like, you just look like a you just look like a dork. <laughs> Short and straight to the yeah. point. It's be something like that. Uh, Sean says every team from little league to the pros take a team photo every year. Why would OU have stopped, dude? It's a good point. I don't. I, I don't know. The NFL head coaches all even get together every single year and take a group photo together. Yeah. And the fact that OU has it is is odd. I have no idea. I don't know. It, it's probably one of those things where um, things just, like, for whatever reason, one year it didn't happen. Like, maybe there was a mix-up and it didn't happen. And, you know, Coach Stoops is like, yeah, that was kind of nice. Didn't miss it at all. Let's just not do it anymore. <laughs> you know, I, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know why that would be taken out. That's why I was, I was so shocked today whenever I heard that. But then I started thinking about it. I was like, yeah, you know. That is interesting. I haven't, 
I haven't seen anything now that you mentioned. Kendall it. says that is absolutely bizarre, and bizarre is in all caps. Uh, this one from the 918. Lincoln's team changed so much between years that it would have been pointless for a team photo. Well, I disagree. That's why you have a team photo, so we can document who is actually on each team with the with all the transfer portals. 2017 stuff. Rose Bowl had a team picture. That's right, right in front of that uh, Rose Bowl marquee in the end zone. Yeah, I think – now hang on a second. Is that like a staged picture? Uh, yeah. I think that's a Rose Bowl thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. we did that whenever – Right, yes. We played there in 02, so yeah. Yeah, but as far as a – like the preseason, like, do your picture thing, no. For a staff that was so social media driven too, where it was all about pictures and cool videos and all of that, to not take a team photo is – it's yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, social media-wise, it's more about like – documenting the process of taking the picture more than right. it is. The, and that's what they did today, by yeah, the way. Right, it's a, yeah. Essentially. That's what you just played. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was, uh, I was fascinated by that. I was up at, I was up at the university today. Um, doing some stuff. They've got, they're working on the pregame video, the pregame video. Please tell me it's going to be better than the previous three years, because the last three years has just been kind of like, and granted, my expectations have been super high because they've had some awesome ones in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the past, but it feels like recently they've kind of fallen flat. I don't know what it's going to be, but I would say that it's most likely going to be kind of like it's been the last couple of years. Mm. They seem to have strayed away from like the massive big production. For whatever reason. Well, I don't need a massive big production. I just loved it when they said, there's only one, Adrian Peterson. <laughs> That's all I need. Just replay those old things. and I, Those are timeless. Right. Uh, should they do, at some point they need to do like a like a revisit some of the old ones, right? Like redo them or something. Yeah. I remember when your bald head got in on like the 2011 or the 2012. Uh, Was that the one where they had everyone walking through the stadium I, and I, stuff? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, There's not a thing you can do about it. That was you back in 2003. I think I have an uh, audio clip of that. Oh I have an God. audio clip of everything. Oh, no, wait. Here's some, there's some text messages we need to get to uh, real quick. While you search through the – God, so dumb. I'm going to go in there and corrupt all those files at some point. Why? You always say what's best for the show. I and know. me finding videos of you 20 years ago that make you sound like a doof is, in fact, what's best for the show. I agree. What were you doing – what do you mean you were doing stuff at the football offices today? What, what does that mean? It means exactly what I just said, stuff. They were working on the – the pregame video. So you're going to be in the pregame video. <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. Okay. Good to hear. Maybe at some point. I tried to be so bad in my part that they would just get tossed. Can you repeat what your line was or how many lines you had? We're bringing defense back I to said, Oklahoma. There's not a thing you could do about it. <laughs> that would actually – I will go nuts in uh, my section if I, if I hear that in the pregame video. Uh, it's not in there. Um, I one time last year they asked me to come up there and do the Malcolm Kelly rap, 
And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> I love where your guy's head is at on this deal. Uh, I think it's awesome, and I think you should do it. But was it last year? Because they played that right before yeah. the Nebraska game. Yeah, and I think they were going to have a bunch of different guys like read through it and then like splice the pieces together. But um, I was like, you'd have got to read Nebraska Cornhuskers. Man, we diminish. Yeah, I I would have been given the most awkward part for sure, but. I was like, that is really cool. Find someone else that would, you know, because I would just, like, totally butcher the whole thing. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to the text line shortly. You threw in a little bit of a nugget there, and don't think that I didn't pick up on it and wasn't going to revisit it at the top of the 4 o'clock hour, but you what? just so casually said last hour, like, yeah, I'm hearing some good things about the offensive line. I like where they're at right now. <laughs> I, I mean, feel free to go into detail about what you're hearing or – what you saw today while recording your intro video bits um, on the offensive line. I hear the offensive line looks good. Exactly word for word what I said in the first hour. I was hoping for a little bit more clarity on that other than they just look good. Because I could come on here and say, yeah, I heard the lines I can get. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, is that really all we get? Uh, I should have said, one source said the offensive line looked good. You know, um, no, it's all sources said the offensive line looked good. One source said these guys need to start separating themselves at some point. Right. Um, I, I don't have many specifics about the offensive line and why, why are they looking good. But here's a general statement that you can kind of take across the board. It was a very productive summer physically for the offensive and defensive lines. All right. It's they, for lack of a better phrase, it's just different. Um, for instance, on the defensive line, uh, the Weatherford kid, Downs, he's over 270 pounds. The Grimes kid, is over 280 pounds. Jalen Redman is like 295, had a great summer, and like we talked about, is locked in. Oh, so you're, you're going to start to change your mind a little bit about Jalen Redman having a fantastic year? The report Woo. that I have received so far is that he wow. is balling. Nice. And he's not the only one. I... I would say right now, um, it sounds like the defensive, really, defensive line and offensive line have been probably the brightest spots. I I could not think of better news coming out of the summer. The D-line sounds like it's going to be deep. Redmond, Coe, Ellison, like they're getting uh, Kelly – they're getting good play from a bunch of different guys. So, that is... That's a lot of inside, guys. Um, we've felt pretty good for a while about what they're going to get at D-end and, and edge rusher. But if, if you, you're hearing that they're going to be good at D-tackle, then let's go. Yeah, well... That defense got a chance to be a lot. Will be. No, 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 no. If what you're hearing is true, the defense, it doesn't have a chance to be. It will be 
a lot better than it was last year, regardless of who they lost to the NFL. Grimes uh, looking really, really good. Downs, um, you know, big, strong, physical, had his, his, having his moments. Um, still needs to, you know, I think he's a bit mechanical, and all that's going to come with some experience. Like, I, like I've said all along, and I maintain, and what I've heard so far kind of marries up with it, I think Ethan Downs will be a totally different player to start the season than the player that ends the season. Um, Clayton Smith. Clayton Smith has, whenever everything first changed and there was a new staff here and even with the old staff, it sounded like, you know, I don't know, attitude, maybe not necessarily the right thing. Maybe maybe just didn't feel like he fit. Yeah. That has totally changed. He, I guess from, I don't know if it's from their initial weigh-in, like in in uh, the winter or when, but he's put on like 25 pounds and is playing really, really well he on the He played early last year, right? Didn't he like recover a fumble in the Tulane, Tulane game? Yeah. Him yeah. and Stutzman were and, out there. I think Stutzman jarred it loose and he dove on it, or maybe it was the other. We very much throughout no. the rest of the year, but that's that's good to hear. Yep. Um uh, Laulu Jonah Laulu is is starting to play a little bit better. You know, whenever he first showed up, they were like, "Man, uh, he needs to really be able to move better and get some athletic." He has, he has, you know, he's a big frame guy and is good there on the edge against some run holding point stuff. But apparently, like he had a great summer and he's moving better. Like our defensive line, man. Like Co now goes at like three ten plus. Redmond is like 295. And probably still really athletic with that 295. Yeah. And and the DNs, like I said, are gigantic. 270, 280. So, I mean. You're optimistic about I'm the optimistic line. about the All defensive right. line. We'll see, you know, how things unfold. And, you know, two or three days later, you may get a totally different version of how things look, right? I mean, it can be, you know, they haven't been in full pads yet. Like that, that changes some things once everyone gets in full pads and, you know, the camp legs start to really weigh in and everyone's getting in fights and, you know, the, the guys on the second level are scrambling, trying to get everyone lined up and the defensive line can't get the right call. Like, like there's a lot that goes into it. But early impressions seem to be incredibly optimistic on the defensive line. I, uh, I hear a certain tone in your – I mean, we've been optimistic this whole offseason about this season, but – Dare I say, I sense a level of optimism with the defense that I haven't I haven't heard before. Um, I don't know with the D line. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now well, I've you... always been confident that the D line was going to be like steady, consistent. I I, I wasn't really I was worried maybe about some production issues like. Do we have a straight pass rush? Do we have a straight four-man rush? Can we get home with just four guys? Um, I'm feeling better about that. Uh, I'm feeling better about some depth, especially on the interior. Uh, I I guess, frankly, on the edge as well. Uh, I I feel better. I've been optimistic, but I think I feel better at safety and nickel than I have previously. And corner is 
I think we're going to be good at corner. Yeah, I do too. I think we're going to be good at corner. I, I there's a bunch of dudes that are that compete right now at yeah, corner. Yeah, I, I, I think there's definitely a question of who that number two corner is going to be, but whoever emerges that spot, I think it'd be a pretty good player. Well, Woody Washington, um, Jaden Davis, and oh, who's the young kid? Jaden Rowe? Nope. Well, he's playing he's playing corner right now, but you think he might move around? He, I don't think he's going to. Oh, he's like six three and a half, and one of the fastest guys on the two hundred and thirty pounds. I mean, he's not going to play corner for very long. But my guess is, like, like if that's going to end up being a guy that you play at Cheetah, if you can start him off at corner and and before you do anything, develop the the coverage skills that are included in that. Like once you can cover on the outside, it's always way easier to work your so- work yourself closer to the football. Um, but that's not the guy I'm thinking of. Um, Gentry. Gentry Williams. Yeah, Drew yeah. Freshman. Yeah. Uh, sounds like he's going to be a dude. Nice. You're welcome, everyone. By the way, all I did was ask him about the offensive line, push him a little bit on huh. what he's hearing about the offensive line, and then information just oozes out everywhere. What do you mean? And we figure out about both lines at scrimmage. All he took is a little bit of a nudge there, and then all of a sudden he was Mister Information there for about ten minutes. Well, amazing how that happens. Just, a, I mean, just a couple of nuggets, uh, and I'm really just guessing on everything too. Um. I don't have any inside information. Hmm, okay. Strictly guesses. Gentry Williams, six foot, one hundred and seventy pounds, but uh, apparently he's he's been really impressive. Uh, let me read one really funny text before we hit the break here. Um, okay. Let me let me find it again. It says Teddy's line in the intro video: "Go see Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine at Roof Tech, for all your roofing needs." <laughs> That's so good. Yes, I love it. That hey, you know what? That's good advertising. You just pound the drum, pound the drum, and eventually, every, it's going to be in everyone's head nonstop. Hilarious. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll be back. Citra Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you our number two of the rush. Britt Vittable scheduled to speak with the media at the top of the hour at 5 o'clock. No, we can't air that live unless Teddy calls Brent and he puts his uh, on speakerphone through our phone. But otherwise, we will keep you updated on uh, anything and everything that he says from that media availability. What's the um, – why, why can we not carry that live? Well, I don't think it's really set up to be it's just, live. It's just like well, a post-practice availability? Or? I think it's – what was I hearing today? I think it's actually in the same area as the weekly press conferences are in. So maybe – but I don't think that they're setting it up to where it can be just aired over the radio. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, um, 
that's well we'll just cover it how we can yeah as we uh, see reports or whatever coming out from that then uh we'll comment air coverage solutions text line 405-651-3439 try to get in as many as possible before we get to what caught teddy's eye but yeah. first you watch any hard knocks last night i did not i had too much going on I need. I wanted to be able instead of just kind of have it on. I wanted to be able to sit down and really focus. You really, on it. You, you don't really need to watch it all now with Twitter because <laughs> Twitter just clips Pieces out all the together. three or four best moments and puts it out for everyone. Um, and really, we can. I I can kind of sum up the first episode in four seconds. Here's Dan Campbell, head coach of the Lions. That was last <laughs> night's Hard Knocks episode one. <laughs> More of uh, that to come. I absolutely love. <laughs> I know you that relate. Man. I know you relate to that. He is so awesome. Love him. Loved him as a player. Um, his only poor quality is he played football uh, at Texas A and M University. Is he a tight end? He was tight end. Yes. God, that and he was a beast. He was a beast. Jeez. One of the best blocking tight ends. Uh, a long time playing the NFL. But it's a coincidence that he was there whenever the last time they won anything of significance. It's the last player with any type of grit that they've had, 1998. <laughs> that is not true. There's been plenty of good players. Name one. Individually. That Name win. One. Oh, that was before Yeah, then. that was 1998. Yeah. <laughs> he was on that team. Oh, that dude was so awesome. Yeah, he was. Undersized. Didn't matter. Um, how about Von Miller? Did he have grit, or is he just extremely talented coming off the edge? Just God-gifted talent. Did Man- Manziel had grit? Mm, okay, okay, so we've got two guys so far in 24 years. Anybody the, else? The Spiller kid. I actually did like him at running back. All right, cool. So we got it in 24 TK9. years. TK9. In, in 24 years, A&M's had a quarterback, an edge rusher, and a running back that's had grit. No, they've cool. got a. What about the Matthews kid at offensive line? They've had a bunch of good offensive okay. line. Well, I'm trying to rip A and M here. Why yeah. are you trying to make it so difficult? Yes, Peyton. I know Miles Garrett is on there too. <laughs> yeah, the Garrett kid. He uh, has too much grit. He tried to kill Mason Rudolph. Uh, uh, no doubt. Will it be on ESPN Plus? Is the pressure on the pressure on TV? I got no idea, guys. If if I find that out, I'll let you know. No, you won't. Probably not. I want him. I want to keep the audience for the final hour of the show. That's right. Yeah, the only place you'll be able to find any commentary on it is right here. Haven't heard about Canik in a long time, says the text line. I haven't either. Uh, means nothing. Uh, number one, true freshman. It would be really impressive if he if he really finds a, a way to contribute, and I mean in meaningful situations. Other than, I mean, I think he could definitely play special teams and stuff as – He's he's absolutely a freak athletically. So uh, it's just you know trying to capture and get the experience uh, of it all. You here's the thing. In my opinion, you do not want Canick playing this year. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm down with that. Unless like unless you just can't keep him off the field, and that may be the case at some point, right? I don't. I'm not saying that that it's not going to be, but. If he doesn't play as a true freshman, that doesn't mean anything. It's like Kenneth Murray. Kenneth Murray ended up being a, what, a three-year player here? First-round yeah. draft pick? And, 
he shouldn't have been playing his true freshman year. He was playing his true freshman year because he had to play his true freshman year. Right. And he wasn't – he was not the player that he was in year three, his true freshman year. He made a ton of mistakes. No doubt. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's going to come with Canick, not worried about it at all. Is it going to be this year? I don't know. I'll say this. I, the, <laughs> the pressure is being applied at inside backer. Okay? It's – it is uh, it's a different level of expectation right now, and I'm not going to say that the group is struggling with that, but it's 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 a very demanding situation that they're in, and that position is going to receive more criticism than any of the others, and they're learning to deal with that right now. Okay, uh, quick question here before we move on. Now you talked glowingly about the defensive line and the offensive line and some select linebackers last segment. Is it fair to say that at least some of that information is coming from someone on staff? And I'm going somewhere with this, but did, did that come from someone on staff? I'm not I'm not going to guess who that staff member is, but did it come from a staff member? No. Okay, because that makes sense because it feels like normally at this time when you get inside information – from speaking with a coach or someone that spoke to a coach, like at this time now, the coaching staff is, um, I mean, I, I think we'll be all right. I think we'll be okay. But, I mean, we got some, I mean, we got some real issues to work out here. It's like the panic freakout time. Like, I, I hope we figure it out. But as it looks right now, dude, I, I don't know, man. Well, here's the thing. I would, I would never – I'll give opinion all the time, but I would never say that I heard anything if it wasn't from if it if it wasn't from someone that is I there in the mix. But I would never say that I got it like where I got it or what that person's position was that I got it from. From the 918, do you guys think it's possible for us to have multiple 1,000-yard rushers or multiple 1,000-yard receivers? If so, which one is more likely? We had this conversation like two weeks ago. I said receivers, and then you went, mm, uh, uh, for about two and a half minutes, and you finally said running back. So I did. Like I thought to- I said receiver, too. No, you said running back. Mm, oh, God, that's tough. Man, a thousand yard receiver two or a thousand yard rusher two. Man, God. Huh. Yeah, you say receiver. I could see it, but I I I guess I'll say two rushers. I want to change it from two running backs <laughs> to two wide receivers. I'm sure you do. I'm I don't sure know. You. Is it possible? Absolutely it's possible. Um is it Likely? I don't know. Probably not very. That's pretty rare in 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 this day and age. I mean, I know it happens. We had multiple what well, we had three thousand yard rushers Kyler's year, right? In eighteen. Um we've had a couple of years with with multiple thousand yard receivers. I think Hollywood it was it Hollywood and C D or D D? Yeah, yeah C D. Or did he do it with both? Um, Hollywood and CD in 2018, 
2018. I think they both got there, right? Didi would have been the only one in 2016, I, I think. I'm pretty sure Oh, he was that. in 16. Yeah, okay. yeah, that was his last year. Yeah. Um, it It's happened, but I would say right now, unlikely, but I could change my opinion of that. Very, very quickly. Text line, I do love that you, you text us so much that you're actually texting your significant other or someone yes. else and you accidentally text us. Someone just said, are you home? <laughs> I said, yeah. Oh, that's Please great. don't send any incriminating photos. Yeah, don't say – you should have said – well, no, never mind. Um, we'll leave that one be. But uh, that is funny. We're, we're right there – in everyone's uh, text messages with their spouses. That's Peyton great. says that for sure means Levy told him he's feeling good about receiver, Tyler. <laughs> I'll <laughs> run with that. Mm, I don't know if I've been told that by Levy or not. Toby said this morning that Dan Campbell is an example of what Teddy would be like as a head coach. I don't. Uh, Teddy wouldn't be that intense. Uh... I don't know. I might be too tired to be that intense. <laughs> yeah, I, you you really you can get there. It takes a you got to be seeing red to to get to that level. Like he lives his life at that level, and you don't operate at that level. I mean, really, not all that much. Uh, in in that world, I do way more than I do in uh. In, in this civilian life or whatever you call it. Uh, I love that dude. We So I'm trying to remember. I think he had a – I think he had a broken foot or broken ankle the same time I was, like, rehabbing from my, my foot surgery. So we spent countless hours together in the training room – like out at practice doing all the stupid workouts whenever you're you're not uh you're not practicing uh, like whenever the team was gone on like uh preseason games and stuff like that we were we were left back uh at home to do dumb things uh Dan Campbell was was my guy awesome love him well you need to uh tell him to get us Get us up to a Lions game at some point, or get him on the show. Uh, do you really want to go to a Lions game, though? Not really. See, that's if they're f- playing like the Packers, I'd like to go see Aaron Rodgers in person. Yeah. Which, by the way, you know what I'm doing Saturday? Ayahuasca? Um, no, oh, we're okay. going to be in, in Denver for a long weekend. And oh, we- you're smoking marijuana then. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> we'll do that before we get to Denver. I mean, come on. Um, no, so we were going to go to like a, a Rockies game for like two innings, just because I've never been to Coors Field before, just say we did. And I got a text yesterday um, saying, asking if I wanted tickets from a friend to the Broncos-Cowboys preseason game on Saturday night. Which one do you think we should do? Go to the Rockies game for two innings to see Coors Field or go to the Broncos-Cowboys game on Saturday night? They're, they both start at the same time. Um, I'd go to the Broncos I game. I don't think Russell Wilson's playing, but I, uh, yeah, we're leaning very – heavily towards going to the football game yeah who cares if russell wilson plays uh you need to see if sierra is going to be there yeah maybe uh nick bonita might get on the field bonita as the west virginia head coach neil brown calls him bonita bonita is dty's there is uh why am i drawing a blank uh 
Bolton, does he play for Denver now? I didn't see him on the roster when okay. I looked yesterday. Someone might correct me if that's that's wrong. I heard I heard someone talking about what roster he was on the other day, and I, couldn't, I, I thought maybe it was the Broncos. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. It is The Rush, live on The Ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, live in the Brown O'Haver studios. We're going to bump back what caught Teddy's eye this segment because we have a very special guest and a guy that I've been looking forward to talking to all day long, TJ Moe. He was a dude at Mizzou, man. Had over 2,200 receiving yards. He was also a teammate of LaDamian Washington, OU's newest wide receivers coach, and uh, we welcome TJ to the show TJ, thanks for joining us, man. We're, we're just trying to gather more information and learn more about LaDamian Washington. We know that he had a pretty tough childhood with losing both of his parents. What did you experience with him while you were both at Mizzou together? He's going to be fantastic for you guys. He, he came in the same class as I did, so we were true freshmen together. Uh, he ended up redshirting. I did not, so... Um, he actually was there a year after me. I believe he was a captain on the 2013 squad uh, that had some of the best leadership that Mizzou's ever had. Took him. I think they finished fourth or fifth in the country. Um, they were about a half away from playing for the national championship that season. If they'd have been able to pull off the upset against Auburn in the uh, SEC championship game, he is as committed and uh, responsible as you would expect for somebody who lost both parents, I think within a month of each other when he was just a kid. I think it was, uh, I don't even know if he was a teenager yet, 12, 13, something like that. And so he, he basically helped raise his brothers, uh, made it work. Don't believe they ever went to foster care. Uh, he just, he became the man of the house overnight. And so, uh, as much as I am not a fan of the Oklahoma Sooners, I will, <laughs> for the first time in my life, be uh, cheering for you guys on Saturdays because he, uh, he he is that good a guy, I promise you. Yeah, I, I saw a video of him, and I think it was like um, a story that maybe a local news or someone did on him his senior year when he was at Missouri. And, you know, he went in depth talking about his his childhood and, some of the the tragedy there and how he it affected the the way he was as an individual and he wanted to learn about that and he did learn about it and it took him a long time even whenever he was at Missouri to really uh open up to teammates and to into coaches and and to put trust that people were actually there looking out for his best interest and and whenever he finally did kind of get over that that hump so to speak that it really changed him as a as a as a player, as a person, do you remember that that transformation taking place? Oh, sure. You know, he's from Shreveport, Louisiana, um, and if anybody's seen pictures, I'm white, and so there's probably was at age 17, 18 years old, a bit of a distrust thing, you know, where I think that's a primarily black uh, part of where he grew up. 
um, area. And so, you know, there's, you, you obviously have your stereotypes um, and just hadn't experienced being around probably too many friendly faces from white guys or whatever. Our, our receiver coach is a white guy. And I'm speaking for him. These are, I have no idea if this is what he actually thought, but just projecting my own thoughts here. Um, you know, we were, we were, if you guys have ever been to college or freshman year, all of you guys are wide eyed, but he's doing it after a life of, for the last five, six years, only being able to depend on himself and his brothers because his parents weren't there to fall back on. And so the, the natural distrust is, um, totally reasonable. And I, I kind of remember the moment, um, you know, it wasn't like a day or a second or whatever, but it was like, it's a very small time period where he sort of let up and he was like, Oh, these, these guys are for me. They're on my mm-hmm. team, not just on my team at Missouri, but like they're LaDamian Washington fans. They want me to succeed. And, um, so, you know, Mizzou had, under Coach Pinkle, really had a, a very good family atmosphere. And so that, you know, he, he bought into it and was able to embrace it and, and truly contributed to it. I mean, it, it wasn't like he was uh, just – he was one of the guys, one of the main guys for me because I was a receiver and you, you tend to, you know, at least around the facility and such, hang out with the guys that are in your position group and all that. And, and he was one of the guys that made the place feel like a family. You know, he was a great sense of humor, warm personality, interesting, um, and again, very, very responsible, right? It's like when, when you got to be the man of the house when you're 13 years old, then there was never a time where we had to count on LaDamian Washington and he didn't come through. TJ Moe is our guest. Hey, TJ, last question, and we'll get you out of here. This isn't a LaDamian Washington question, but I think you have a unique perspective on this question. You started your career at Mizzou. You're playing in the Big 12. You ended your career, and I believe your <laughs> senior year was your the, the first year for Mizzou in the SEC. OU is about to go through the exact same transition. If anyone from OU was ever going to ask you, like, what's the one thing that you knew or the one thing you wish Mizzou knew going into the SEC that first year, what, what would it be? Well, don't ask me for help. We, we only won five games uh, <laughs> that next year. But, no, I, you know, that for Oklahoma, you, you guys are in the south – obviously right by Missouri, the travel's a little bit longer, but you're on plane, so it's not like, you know. But for me, by the time I got to be a senior, I was familiar, uh, had we played another year in the Big 12, I was familiar with Texas A&M, and I was familiar with being at Oklahoma. And so you, you sort of get familiar with the places and the travel regimen, and, um, you know, you, you get some, especially your coaches can tell you, Hey, this place is like this. Oklahoma State, the walls are right up against your back. You guys just need to expect that you're going to hear from the fans tonight. So you have all these expectations and insight from people that have been playing in the Big 12 against these other 11 schools for 20 years, whatever long it was. And then you're like, hey, we're going to the swamp. Uh, we'll figure it out when we get there. So there, there is a little bit of a different. You try to do your research of just what to expect and all that. And the, the game um, – it's changed slightly now since 2012. Um, 2012, I think, if I can remember right, Eddie Lacy was still on Alabama. Um, I can't the way it remember. looks now, uh, the SEC looks more like 
the Big 12 that you played in and the Big 12 now looks more like the SEC that you probably played against whenever you made the move <laughs> with the style of offenses and stuff. That's what I was getting at. That's exactly yeah. right. Now, the, the, the difference, I will tell you, is the defenses. I mean, um, the defenses are bigger and stronger and faster in the SEC, and that, that doesn't mean that Oklahoma with Oklahoma has some of the best athletes in the country. So uh, Missouri usually succeeded – uh, with some diamonds in the rough, we didn't have a whole lot of four or five stars. Oklahoma's going to have the athletes to run with them and stuff, but uh, I, I would imagine, especially with Brent Venables there, he knows how to coach defense. He was down at Clemson. I actually played against Oklahoma when he was there as your DC, so um, he'll be able to adjust. He gets the game, but it's a different level of athlete on the defensive side of the ball. I actually don't think it is on the offensive side of the ball so much, but on the defensive side of the ball, you just got to learn to adjust. Yeah, that's you know, uh, that, that's one of the things that, that obviously we've been watching and and like that's one of the goals as Venables has taken over here is getting that defense and specifically uh, you know line of scrimmage players really on both sides of the ball prepared for uh, much tougher battles whenever it comes to SEC. Hey man, awesome stuff! Thanks for giving us some insight there on on what to expect from uh, from LD Washington. It's going to be fun, and I know you're excited watching him get this opportunity. Yeah, he'll be outstanding. I uh, I hope he kills it the next two years, and then uh, Mizzou hires him as our OC. <laughs> there you go. It's <laughs> a plan. Thanks, man. I got thicker. There you go. Good stuff. Uh, TJ Moe, wide receiver, teammate of uh, LD Washington there at Missouri. Good stuff. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two next. Don't forget we do have – uh, Venable's coming up at, at the 5 o'clock hour, and we'll be giving some commentary on that as we see some of the, the statements make their way out. We'll be back.